You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. With the 20th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Kadarius Toney, wide receiver, Florida. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, we're having this miserable Giants year, but I just got back from Madison Square Garden where I saw a rare Knicks buzzer-beating three-point shot to win the game. So in this season of awfulness, even though I've won two championships this year, I still, I'm still in a pretty good mood right now. We're just getting back from the Garden. So how are you doing tonight? Uh, you know, I've had I'm having a rough start to 2022. Um, you know, our, our Chicago trip got canceled. Um, that's that's kind of a bummer. Uh, my my pizza place burned down the other it night. It burned down. It burned down, and it was like a big deal. Actually, it was like in the papers and stuff. Like a firefighter got injured. Like the whole building is down. Um, it was it was on fire literally the whole night. Like when I woke up, it was still on fire. There's um, nothing I, worse than a pizza place closing down, and one burning down is just uh, oh, is catastrophic. Dude, the best in the area and right in front of my place. I could walk there. So Ugh. that's that's gone. So I'm having a rough start. And Thoughts thoughts and prayers, Grump. Thoughts yeah, and prayers. And it's it's all just – it's all really just encapsulated more. It's just – this is residual cooking from 2021. This is the end of the 2021 season. I'm putting the pizzeria. I'm wrapping that into 2021. I'm with the Chicago trip, all that – that's all 2021. So we're, we're on to 2022 in just about a week, man. We should be happy. This is our last preview episode of the game. Um, and then we're on to – we're going to be on to an onslaught of uh, news. So. Yeah. This is flush this season down the toilet, man, and just ugh, let's circle the drain and get away from this. It's... Yeah. This season has been that flush that never goes down and it's just yeah. kind of sitting there. Where do you rank this grump as far as, you know, worst seasons you've had to deal with as, as a Giant fan? I mean, the combination of, you know, coming off of last year and eh, maybe we're turning the corner until everything, everything possible just going wrong. I mean, where do you, where do you rank this? It's more frustrating than, than anything. I mean, I, I, because it's so clear that I can't put all the blame on, on the roster building or the coach or whatever, like surely there's improvements to be made all over this team. But I mean, to not even get a chance to evaluate them and just have it continue to get, get more and more screwed up. Oh, geez. Um, more and more screwed up uh, throughout the year. It, it just becomes more frustrating that I have to live through it. Like I gotta, I gotta yeah. do this slow burn of healing throughout this. Um, you know, things more like the 2017 season was really, really frustrating because we had such high expectations coming out that 2016 season. You know, uh, we were we were really excited for that, and uh, that was a real dumpster fire. I mean, I you know, once the season was over and lost, I kind of I turned off that part of my brain that gets really invested in each game so i'm not at that like oh every week just kills me more and more it's just like the thing that's frustrating about it for me is i'm at a real low point in just my optimism going forward i mean everything is in such flux right now and the pieces we think we know are stable for next year aren't exciting me at all right now so it's kind of it's almost like we're putting a pause on our excitement and our hopes for this team until either we completely hit rock bottom or completely hit the reset button and that's what's frustrating for me yeah see there's a there's a huge difference between being like you know you can be a team with this record but have won four in a row because you know the rookie got you can tell that they're growing together or something like that you know what i mean you've got you know five or six wins and and you ended out the year four because the rookie started playing well or, or something like that and this is totally different. I mean, this is like, you know, we're talking about the pieces we're excited for. I mean, half the pieces aren't really playing right now. Most of them didn't play most of the year. Um, they certainly never played together. Uh, so it, it's just the reason there's nothing to be excited for is because we never really even got to see a lot of it. And that's not to make an excuse. I mean, that's just why it's why I'm not super down on this year. It's not like when I was a kid and they were legitimately trying with Dave Brown and they had these four win seasons 
that's much more frustrating to me. I mean, that's that's a team that's trying to win games. This is a team right now that's just trying to get out of this terrible bad luck year um, and continue I mean, to get better. But, I mean, they, they, it's they've just got like a the, long way to go. The question, I mean, there are massive, massive question marks on this team going forward. There's nothing you could say. Well, I guess the only thing we can say going forward that we know for a certainty is, well, we have our left tackle. Our franchise left tackle. We know we have that. Other than that, everything else on this team, and we're going to talk about some of those pieces today, are, you know, do we know who our quarterback's going to be, you know, beyond next year? You know, do we know uh, who the coach is going to be? Do we know, you know, what Saquon Barkley, are we going to, you know, sign him after next year? Do we, do we know all these different We don't know any of this stuff right now. And it's not like... Even some of those answers that we know, like, oh, we know that Daniel Jones is going to be back. It doesn't make you the most excited person in the universe. I mean, it's not like we have, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson or something. Like, okay, we have him locked up, and I'm excited for the future. It's it's still Daniel Jones. So it, it's just really right now we're just stuck in that wait-and-see mode, and that's what's frustrating me beyond no end. Well, and it's not going to be solved in – you know, on Monday morning or on draft day or on opening day next year. It's going to take a while for this to get sorted out. The one thing that we mainly don't know right now is is coaching. Um, you know, we may not know certain things about certain players, but they're hurt, whatever. I mean, we legitimately don't know if our head coach is going to be back. We don't know who our offensive coordinator is next year. And now we're, we're you know, we're at this point now where we have to face the realistic chance that Patrick Graham is going to entertain several head coaching chances. He was asked about these questions today, uh-huh. Thursday. Um, you know, if he would entertain them, and he gave a very professional answer of, you know, right now he's focused on Washington and, and what he's building here and, you know, whatever. He, just, he gave like a non answer, but he, he's going to entertain those. And it already took kind of, we expect, you know, just a, a Brinks truck of money to keep him to cancel some interviews last year and, and, and all that stuff. But, well, let's, um, let's start with this, Grump. Do you think his stock since last year has gone up? Around the league? Yeah, I think so. And I the can... reason why is is not necessarily because the defense is better. It's that so much that uh, it's consistent now. I mean, now you have two years of Patrick Graham stuff to show that not only has he gotten good product, but he's gotten good product despite, you know, lack of pass rush, uh, despite injuries, despite a second yeah. corner, um, and and showing and, up in big games against big quarterbacks like Tom Brady. And just Brady. seeing the improvement, like, you know, the, the defense was a little sketchy the first few games this year, and it's definitely improved. I mean, Right, but, I, I mean, they were also hurt a little bit. I mean, for, for, he doesn't need to show improvement so much as he just needs to show that uh, it's consistent. It wasn't a how do you handle? Thing. How do you handle adversity, I think? That's something you can kind of show, and he, he showed that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I – if this, if we didn't have a decent to very good defense, this team could be one of the worst teams you've ever seen in history. You know, the last eight well, nine. Weeks I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess, but I mean, if we didn't have a decent to good defense, then we wouldn't have been spending so much money on defensive pieces. I mean, that that money has to go somewhere, and it's probably going to the offense at that point. Right, but you know what I mean, though. It's just like the, as bad as these last month has been of games. These scores could have been even more disgustingly bad. Oh yeah, the defense wasn't you know playing as well as it has been. It's not going to get any credit for it. You know, it's just going to be lumped in with disaster season. You know, incompetence, blah blah blah. But they have shown considerable improvement from the early part of this year to now, with less talent than they had in the beginning of the season. So, how do we handle Patrick Graham potentially hitting the open market? Do, do you just let it happen? Well, I mean, you do all you can to, you know, try to give him another. If you believe in the guy and you want him to stay, you offer as much as you can. I mean, as much as you can, you know, I guess you have to offer that money before he makes himself available because once you start getting the head coaching money, you're never going to compete with mm-hmm. the coordinator money. Um, I had a thought, you know, if coach, if, if, if ownership loves Joe Judge so much and – whether it was the last three weeks or this year in whole or whatever, they're not completely sold on him as a coach, but they love his organizational skills. They love his culture building, blah, blah, blah. Any chance they kind of kick him upstairs? Not necessarily maybe general manager or not, but some level like president of football operations and then elevate Patrick Graham to head coach. I mean, if he's going to go, you know, to 
probably a head coaching job somewhere else and they like him, maybe then they kill a couple birds with one stone. And also, how would this fan base react to that? I, I just don't think that's real life. I don't think he wants that. I don't think that that's... Uh, he he I mean, beating who? Joe Judge. I don't think he wants any part of that. Right now, I mean, he's... This is his first job as a head coach. You know, he comes into a situation where you've got a, a general manager that uh, you know is is basically on his way out, retiring, and and retiring mostly, I would say, in disgrace. You've got now reports of owners being very very meddlesome. Uh, allegedly, he didn't really get a fair shot to assemble the staff as he saw fit. Um, I don't think he's going to give up his shot at being a head coach because of this two year stint here. Well, what if it's situation. not his, what if it's not his choice? What if and it's something where they can't make him? What if ownership says, you know, we like you, we want you to be we want to reassign you within the organization? I mean he can just say no. No thank then you. Then he could and then he could be fired. <laughs> I mean fine. I'm I'm sure he uh, would do you think he'd rather be? You think he'd rather be fired than take a, a job upstairs? If he's given... a young guy. He's a young guy, and I think that he would he would not appreciate doing that. I don't think he wants that job. I don't think that's what he wants. I think he that's wants fair. to be on the field teaching. I, I understand why we're saying this, and, and mm-hmm. his on the field head coaching stuff isn't been that great. And we we really do like Patrick Graham. We, we don't really even know if if taking Patrick Graham away from the defense is even a good idea. I understand that he's going to be. You know, seeking out head coaching opportunities, but we don't know how he's going to be as a head coach. We hardly even know what he's going to be as a defensive coordinator. It's only been like two years. Well, he's also been with Miami too. Yeah, we know he is a defensive coordinator. I mean, he has more of a track record than just being here. It's not a very long one, is it? Yeah. How long was he in Miami as a defensive coordinator? I don't think two it was... years. Was it two years? I mean, maybe, but uh, I mean, I mean, the point is, if if they if they think enough of Patrick Graham and they think enough of Joe Judge, the person, and I'm sorry, Joe Judge, the coach, that could be one possible solution to all of this. But you're right. It takes two to tango. And if Joe Judge is like, I'm a head coach, he might find himself out the door. I mean, my philosophy has always been I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but you fire till you get it right. I don't believe that just, you know, if every two years having to find a new coach, you know, that's a cycle you don't want to be in, but it's not necessarily the worst option. The worst option is keeping a guy that you don't like or is not good longer than he should be, causing more and more damage to your, your organization. So if they think after two years, they shouldn't just keep him just because, well, we don't want to go through this again. It's you you keep doing this until you get it right. And that's their decision they have to make. If they think if they're buying into the culture talk and the organizational and how he hired Patrick Graham and the the locker room is still with him 100% and all that and they think that's bigger factors than what we're seeing on the field whether it's his fault or not then he'll stay if they think that you know that isn't as important as you know wins and losses his fault not necessarily they'll move on yeah i mean I, it's, it's incredibly unorthodox, so it's not like there's much precedent for it. So yeah. I, it's, it's hard for me to imagine. Um, so, I mean, we're looking now at a situation where we've got we've, we've got no offensive coordinator right now. We may not have a defensive coordinator. We may not even have a head coach, um, which, of course, eliminates most of that stuff anyway. Though I think, I think a new head coach coming in might consider Patrick Graham staying as defensive coordinator at least. But... So, you know, Patrick Graham, where he might go, um, where we think there's going to be some vacancies as head coach, uh, Raiders already have one. Jacksonville already has one. Um, we suspect Chicago, and we suspect Denver, and there's been some rumblings in Minnesota as well. So those are going to be the open coaching. And, uh, you know, I guess, of course, the Giants. But who's Jacksonville's coach? They don't have one. Urban Meyer was already fired. No, I thought you said – I, I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood. I, I thought you said they they have a coach. I didn't understand. No, yeah, the, the, Jacksonville and, and and Vegas are already vacant. Those Vacancies. are already open. Gotcha. Um, Chicago, Denver, and Minnesota are likelies. Um, but what that means for the Giants, I guess, not necessarily so much that Patrick Graham is leaving, is that those coaching trees now shake free. Um, you know, the Raiders have guys there like Gus Bradley, a defensive coordinator. Rod Marinelli's been a very good defensive line coach. Honestly, has has done good things with Dallas's defense 
with shit talent over the years that he was there. Um, you know, Broncos have Pat Shermer. I, I can't imagine he'd ever come back here in any role, right? Uh, <laughs> Mike Munchak is their offensive line coach. That's something to consider. Um, you know, with all of these openings, it's more competition. If we decide we were going to launch Joe Judge, you know, these are other jobs that are competition for people we may be interested in as well. It's true. Um, I, I'm personally kind of interested in Daryl Bevel um, in Jacksonville as an offensive coordinator. Um, I know that he's not very exciting, but I mean, I don't really know what names are out there, and I don't know that you necessarily swing for the fences with Joe Judge so much as you get a, a good, decent offensive coordinator who's had good years with Russell Wilson in, uh, in Seattle. You know, something steady. Something you don't, productive. I don't think you do it with the intention of trying to lure Russell Wilson. Let's make that. No, clear. no, 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 no. That's right. not what I'm trying to say. Um, but you know, I, I think I think bringing him in brings a steadiness to the offense, a professionalism, uh, a provenness, and then you know he probably goes and takes some head coaching job somewhere else. Then you can start thinking about if you've had success, you know, getting the hot shot young offensive mind or whatever you want. <clears throat> but I don't think you need to shoot for the fences with something like that right off the bat. Um, Joe Brady's out there too. Joe Brady would definitely get a call from me, at least just to see what the, what happened in Carolina. I would be interested the the difference between what happened at LSU and Carolina. It, it'd be an interesting little trolling uh, move too, since there seems to be this little thing going between us and Carolina too. Yeah, yeah, that that is kind of funny. Um, I guess we should talk about Jim Harbaugh. Um, it's been rumored now that he has interest in joining the NFL again. Um. The quote from somebody close to the situation was, I think it's real. Uh, me personally, I think that he just wants more money now that he had a very good season in Michigan and beat Ohio State on top of it. That's what it sounds like to me, and that this is a, if you want to keep me, give me more money kind of thing. But but let's just say that the possibility is open for Jim Harbaugh to be entertained as a head coaching candidate for the New York Giants. How would you feel? Well, first thing, um, his contract runs through 2025, which just extended. I'm looking to see who his agent is because if it's who I think it is, I can guarantee you who is his agent. Well, I mean I'll just say this. I am 99% sure that he is just looking for more money and it has nothing of course. to do with interest. I mean of course yeah. he's interested well, in the NFL, but I don't think there's any opportunity in the NFL that's going to give him what he gets at Michigan. I, I feel like – Harbaugh to me, it's the thought of Jim Harbaugh is more exciting than Jim Harbaugh the coach. Mm. I mean, you know, yes, he went to a Super Bowl with San Francisco. Yes, he went to the college football playoff with Michigan. Yes, he went to a Rose Bowl with Stanford. Um, but there's been a price to pay, also. I mean, he's also a guy that got himself fired from San Francisco when they were still pretty good. I mean, he. He has a limited shelf life of how long he kind of keeps his welcome before people just don't want to be work, working with him anymore. I mean, he's been at Michigan now for I think seven, eight years, which I'm quite frankly pretty shocked he's still there. I mean, he's a Michigan guy. I guess that helps the situation. But remember, it wasn't like everybody knew he was getting fired after that last game in San Francisco. And I would think the, uh, you know, the, the the press statement. I think he was still on the field doing handshakes at the end that he was gone. Mm -hmm. So you know. I know successful coaches can be a pain in the ass, but uh, I don't know. I He's definitely somebody that changes the narrative for this team. I think, you know, all the talk of, you know, this team is a complete mess and, and Joe Judge and press conferences and, and golf clubs and, and, and all that other stuff, it immediately ends the second they hire him. It becomes a, uh, a kind of a rah-rah story, but I don't know. I'm – Lukewarm on it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I would be excited because it's an exciting name. It's hard not to be. You know, there's there's uh, there's success there. Um, mm -hmm. I was, uh, you know, I was a big fan of those early Niners teams that he was co with Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator. I really liked what they were doing, what they were, how they were able to maximize the talent that they had, um, and and be a very very early force in his coaching tenure. Um, Hey, he took a quarterback who can't even be a backup quarterback to the Super Bowl. That's got to tell you something, right? Sorry for the 
the no, political commentary, but <laughs> no, it's, it's not. I mean, the fact for me, I, I am. I'm I'm going to keep this as non-political, but as right. far as Colin Kaepernick, the player goes, and you and you and I talked about this when he was the hottest name, and I did not love him. Um, I I felt that he tried to run a lot more than he tried to throw, and I could sense that sophomore slump. That was the second year that he slumped, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I could sense it coming. Um, so I I wasn't like super in love with with that to begin with, but but he did manage to make him into a near Super Bowl winner. And if they did win that Super Bowl, probably looking at Super Bowl MVP Colin Kaepernick, right? Well, well, oh yeah. Well, let's look at it a different way. If you're Jim Harbaugh and you are you're serious about wanting to get back into the NFL, what makes you intrigued by the Giants more than some of the other jobs you had mentioned? Well, literally nothing. <laughs> I'll say that right there. I mean, it's not even start start at the very beginning has nothing to do with the situation the Giants are in. Just look at the front office. I mean, does that look like something that Jim Harbaugh is going to be able to work with? I it, now the things that we've heard about, you know, certain senior members that are also family members and what level of access they have, what control they have. That doesn't sound like anything. It's kind of a miracle that Joe Judge puts up with it. And that honest. sounds like – and that I think alone is just enough for him to say no because he's going exactly. to want – Exactly. I mean, he's he's absolutely going to want total control. So he's going to want to be you know, coach slash GM slash VP of you know, football operations. He's going to run everything. I mean he's been doing it for the last seven years at Michigan. He's going to want to do things his way, and you're right. And a Chris Mara is in there who's giving his occasional, here's what I think, and he tells him, you know, hey, thanks, but, you know, shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's not going to go over well. And, you know, we've already seen that he burns bridges with with, with uh, owners. So I, I think he would probably – and also just, again, you know, coaches generally don't want to come in and completely start over, and that's almost what they're doing here. I mean, he has to make a you – know, anybody who comes in has got to make a decision about the quarterbacks. He has to make a decision about a whole bunch of things on this team. And I don't know if he wants to necessarily start at the very bottom like that. You get the sense he's kind of like a Phil Jackson in basketball. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go uh, – oh, I have Shaq and Kobe over here. That sounds good. Michael Jordan, that sounds good here. I don't think so. I don't I don't think that for him. I, I think that um... – I think he's comfortable in Michigan to begin with. I think they're they're happy. I don't think with he's. Him. I don't think he's leaving. I don't think he's leaving yeah. either. I, I just no. I, I don't. I don't see that for him as as seeing an all star situation, coaching for a little bit, and then moving on or whatever. I just don't. I don't see that for him. I think. No. I, I mean. Think, I, I mean. I mean. If he's gonna make the jump, it's like I need to have the pieces in place. I don't oh, want... in that yeah. sense. Yeah. You mean like Urban Meyer? Yeah, like Urban Meyer started from scratch with Jacksonville. I mean, he had a quarterback that was he, he was getting the number one overall pick. He was going to get a franchise quarterback, but everything else had to basically be rebuilt from scratch. Mm-hmm. I don't get that sense from Harbaugh. I think from Harbaugh is going to be like, like a Phil Jackson, like, oh, let me check my options out. I'm going to pick the one that has the best chance to succeed as fast as possible. Yeah, but. Yeah, the, as fast as possible, yes. But I think in the NFL, that's what that is. I think Jacksonville is that, where you have guys with a like you have a low cap number, you have the first overall pick, you've got Trevor Lawrence coming out in the draft. I mean, that to me, Urban Meyer was set up for. Yeah, they're not going to be great year one, but they could be serious contenders by year two already. I mean, who the hell knows? Um, yeah. You know, it's not like the AFC South is is got some major juggernauts over there. So I yeah. mean, it's it's totally feasible that that team could be rebuilt in in like two years into a fringe playoff contender. In the NFL, there aren't a whole lot of teams that are, you know, have head coaching vacancies that are like, oh, you know, um, if only Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that that doesn't really happen all that often. Um, so, the, I think your fastest shot are the teams that aren't halfway in quarterback hell you know the ones that have just we've 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 dumped everything we've got a clean slate have at it you know what i mean i right. think that's the fastest way um right but I, it doesn't matter because i don't think harbaugh's going to be there if if for whatever reason he's hired as head coach i would be i would be pretty happy with that i guess i would be okay with it i just don't uh, i think there's a zero shot that it's happening i'd be happier than joe judge yeah. and again i'm not on the complete 100 percent fire the guy he's completely useless i I think it's still a 
need more information from me. Yeah, it's, and that's, that it's was not, the worst thing I could have wanted. Uh, right, it's it's not trending to be like this guy's a great coach, but it's also I still need to see some of the decisions I think he makes is based upon the availability of the roster he has now. I want to see if those same decisions and those same patterns of conservatism is he going to be that way with a full complement like, with with his quarterback with his healthy offensive line with all of his weapons is he yeah. still going to be that way or not you know is the is the clock management question still going to be there when he's maybe not trying to escape a game as opposed to all out trying to win it with with all his guns so that, in that sense I'm still like you want to bring him back fine I'm not totally against it yeah, I think it would be you would be well within your rights, and and no one would think you're crazy for firing him as an owner, um, you know, after the two years that he's had. But also, you know, just me, I look at the tenure he's had here, and I think to myself, like, if I fired him, what are the chances that he gets hired as a head coach somewhere else in the near future and does really really well? Like, did I did I get the sense at the end of his time here that I am pretty sure that he is not going to be a good head coach in the NFL, like? I don't get that sense because I didn't really get the sample size. You know what I mean? Like I just, it, it like it's as you said, it's incomplete. There's no well, way to really judge who he is as a head coach. Well, the one thing we do know is concretely. he did not. He did not kick his coverage. He didn't overachieve based on what he has. Like to be like, God damn that guy. You know, no quarterback and all this stuff, and you know this yeah. team is still winning. Like wow, you know we didn't get we didn't get that. So, you know. But we also didn't get the this team rolled over and died. I mean, it feels like they did, but it just wasn't a, you know, we didn't have like the, the, the to use his terms like the, you know the the golf club mentality of this team where I I still didn't get the sense they were just going through the motions right anymore. Yeah, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay still lining up there and, and playing, you know, every <laughs> week. You know, we're not, we're not seeing these veterans not play. We're not seeing them like take their uniforms off and throw them into the crowd and wave to the uh, the crowd at the end of a, you know, in the middle of a game. So I guess that's an accomplishment. Did you see that uh, he released Antonio Brown released the pictures uh, of his text messages with the coach before the game, showing that like uh, his he knew his ankle was hurt. Did you also see the report that he told some OnlyFans chick to watch what I do tomorrow during the game? Um, I, I saw that, but just in general, that I love that this poor, like, massage therapist is just trying to do his job, and now, you know, Antonio Brown took a picture of him and now posted that picture on the internet as, like, proof, and he's just trying to do his friggin' job. You know, it's a sucks. T- it really sucks because a guy like that, you probably just want to wipe your hands clean and say, Exactly. Like, just, just like, but, I'm just doing my job. He comes in, he's a client, whatever, or whatever. I'm talking about Antonio Brown with the Bucks. Oh. Like, this guy is such a headache, but their chances of winning the Super Bowl have decreased that he's not on the team anymore yeah, combined with their other true. injuries, you know, with, in the receivers and everything. But but also if they do win the Super Bowl, then it, it be, we we forget about this. And oh, that story is remembered only as the screen grab of him, like, jumping around in the end zone. Waving, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's all it gets remembered as, you know, in context. Exactly. Um, as far as this, this game here, you know, we, we already know that Mike Glennon is on IR with a wrist injury. Jake Fromm is starting. Um, Ellerson Smith, rookie, uh, had, had started the year on IR, I think, right? And uh, just started getting some reps in there, was increasing his playing time, starting to do a couple of things. He's going on IR, missing the last game of the season with a neck injury. That's kind of a bummer. I was enjoying watching him. See, see the the little things he's putting together. I'm not trying to overhype him or anything like that. Yeah, it's a tough break. Um, so you know, getting back to the quarterback for a second. Uh, so now we're back to Jake Fromm, and it, it's funny. You know, a lot different perception from the fan base and everybody the <laughs> second time around. The first time, you know, Saint Frommy the first comes around three weeks ago, and people think we have a new uh, Joe Montana. Now people are just like, well, do we just run the Wildcat every play? I mean. Realistically, what are you doing? You're, you're you're giving the guy a chance to put more tape out there to get another job somewhere else, right? I mean, that's I guess so. I mean, best case scenario. I mean, I don't see there's any plan for him in, in, in the role with this team next year, right? I mean, even if they decide, even, even if there. they decide to go with three quarterbacks next year, we he proved he's not NFL ready or NFL quality. 
I mean, if he has a a place on this team next year, it's competing with Brian Lewerke. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if that counts as a, as a place on this team, but well, I mean, you do need you do need guys to do reps in practice. You can't have your quarterbacks throwing, you know, a right. hundred times at three days a week. You need somebody to actually throw the ball to get reps in. So. But I, that I feel goal is not, that's, it's not predicated on this. That's believe me, that's issue number ninety-six on the Giants' needs going going to the offseason too. Well, we can talk about this. It looks like Kadarius Tony is is not going to play in this game either. He's now got a shoulder injury and uh, did not practice again. Tough year for my man Kadarius. You know, you name it, it happened to him this year. Um, but one thing I will kind of, you know, again, this is not you know Gator cranky fan making excuses for the guy, but I don't think it's fair to label him a bust. No, come on. I, I, I'm, there are people who think he's a bust and think it was a, you know, a typical Gettleman bad draft pick and a bust. Remember, you don't draft for this year. You draft for the future, now and the future. So if this year was a complete wash due to every issue under the, the sun with him, He's not a bust. He'll be back next year, and you, you know, you hope he's healthy and and can contribute. Because when he was healthy, he contributed. Oh, we saw what he can do when he is on the field. I mean, he was, you know, as exciting almost as as Beckham was with the ball in his hands. You know, the the moves he can make, the joystick ability of his, you know, the fact he has no cartilage in his knees, how he can make these cuts and things. Um, he just has to stay healthy, and some of this stuff just seemed kind of random. You know, you know. If anybody was going to have COVID, of course he was going to have it. You, know, you name it. So you just hope next year he just stays healthy. He just has a clean off season, and, and away we go. But he's not a bust yet. Stop with the bust talk. Yeah, I mean anyone who calls a, a player in their first year a bust isn't actually calling them a bust. They're trying to call their shot. They're trying to say this guy's going to be a bust. And nobody busts after one year. No one or will- they're trying to prove – they're trying to validate their opinion on draft night. We sure. shouldn't have. We haven't. We should not have drafted this guy. I mean, a lot of people, and it goes even back to like someone like Gettleman. It's like a lot of people. I would be willing to bet. Well, maybe we'll throw a poll out there. Even if you're anti-Gettleman, did you want him hired in the first place? Yes or no? And I guarantee you, most of the people who said no had a negative opinion all the way and just never on board with him. Period. Probably. Um, I, I you know whatever it, it is what it is. Kadarius Tony is a guy who's going to battle through injuries from you know in, in this in this league. That's what it's going to be. Um, some years are going to be more injuries than others, and that's how a lot of wide receivers are in this league. That's how Sterling Shepard was. That's how kind of Odell Beckham was. You know he had his share of injuries over the course of his career. The guys now the wide receivers we we ha- we make. In, in this generation, I mean, they often miss one or two games due to some kind of soft tissue thing or, or something. Uh, it's just part of it. I think some years you're going to get Kadarius Tony playing 15 games. You're probably not going to get a 17-game se- uh, season out of him. But you'll probably get some 15, 16, 14 games. And then occasionally you're going to get like a 10 games or less from him. It's just he's one of those guys. But at the, the upshot is when he is on the field, he's much more rare. He's, he's different. Um, from what you saw from him this year, and now you've seen him in college more than probably most Giant fans have because you know you follow Florida along with me. Um, from what you saw on the field when he was healthy, what did you think overall of him? Did he exceed your expectations? Were you disappointed? Um, did you like the way he was utilized by the coaching staff? What were your overall thoughts of him? Well, I certainly didn't like the way he was utilized by the coaching staff. I think try and stop using him like a ga- – I mean, they didn't they didn't start off making him a gadget player. They tried to run him through like the regular offense, I guess, but that, that regular offense was so horrendous that it still was not really utilizing him correctly. And then once the season started to get out of hand and, and we could see that when the ball was in his hands he did some magical stuff, they, they completely overdid it. Every every play he was on the field was like either he was completely ignored or he was the highlight of the play, like right. from game to game. And goofy and scenarios too. Goofy scenarios where he's throwing the ball, running jet sweeps where it's very obvious, um, screen passes that are kind of obvious. 
and I, I, I wasn't impressed with the way he was deployed. That's not his fault. Um, I was impressed with his ability. I mean, you know, you see guys like him at the college level and you think, wow, that's amazing. But you have to remember at the college level that like nine guys on the defense aren't going to be playing in the NFL. One oh. of those guys in the NFL is going to be a starter. The other one is going to be a rotational guy for two to three years. So right. when I saw him just tear through NFL defenders, starters, just rip through defenses, that's where I was encouraged. That's, I saw that it translates to the NFL, and I already know he's got the hands. You know what I mean? I'm not worried about that. I was impressed with that. I could see it holds up at that level. I'm good with him. Uh, Ability-wise, I'm good with him. Me too. Me too. I think uh, you get you get a, a coordinator come in here, redesign this offense based on the strengths of what he has, and I think you will see him. You know, I, I will. You'll see a spotlight shined on him. I think going forward, where he's put into the best positions to succeed. Yeah, and I, I think it's also going to help him having a whole off season, a real offense, um, mm-hmm. and Daniel Jones. You know, um, Chris Myrick. Uh, was waived, now part of the Bengals practice squad. Fun fact, Chris Myrick was, uh, his touchdown against the Eagles was four touchdowns ago for the Giants. Think about that. Because the Giants have not won a game since Chris Myrick scored a touchdown. <laughs> so, he, he goes down, He is that Ring of Honor worthy? Should we put him up there? Next you know something. Armstead and you know something. The the way they let people in there now, and they're so desperate for positive news with this team, it wouldn't shock me if one uh... Chris Myrick bobblehead day. Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. Um, well, I mean, it's just one less tight end that this team has. I mean, at least he earned some playing time. Uh, <laughs> that's that's something for a room that's going to be pretty empty next year. With we expect Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram to be gone, so. I mean, it is somewhat newsworthy, even if that's kind of a laugh. Um, what do you do? Think we know? About... Do we know? Do we know for sure Evan Ingram's gone next year? No. Well, like, he's not currently signed through next year. Well, okay, then he's gone. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking there was one more year left on his on his deal. Never mind. He's gone. Um, what do you think about the rumor, but report from Boomer Esiason that Washington is announcing February second that they will be the Washington Admirals? Um, but how do you feel about playing the admirals twice a year? <laughs> I still hate him. You can call whatever you want to call him. I'm still going to hate that team. That's for sure. Um, I know how badly you want to make Charlotte the, the rivalry over Washington, but uh, <laughs> no, over no, Dallas. Over Dallas, right? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I can get into that again. Um, whatever. I mean, I I think these teams that have renamed themselves, like you know, the Indians turning into the Guardians. I don't think there's been one out there that's been like, oh, that's a cooler name. You know, the the Sonics going to the Thunder in, in, in basketball, that's lame. Uh, I personally, I would have kept it the Washington football team. I think that's cool. I mean, I love how soccer teams have very basic names like New York City Football Club, Manchester United. I mean, why do you have to have a, a, a nickname. I, I just think it makes you unique and stand out. So I, I would have stayed with Washington football team. Um, I agree that I think it makes you unique and stand out. And I think it has this level of like, and it, and it goes well with Washington's colors and, and, and just the, you know, their, um, their legacy. I mean, it's, it's one of the oldest teams in the NFL. So it's, it's got this very collegiate, very old school, very simple, crisp, mm-hmm. easy. My, my only thing is, it would be kind of fake at that point because it's part of that persona of being this very simple, old school, old timey, but it's actually not. It's a 2020 nickname that was made because as a reversal to a politically incorrect or, you know, whatever public backlash uh, kind of situation. So it would be kind of phony at that point. So I I agree. I, I, I agree with your perception of all that stuff. I think that stuff is pretty cool and it does make them stand out. I think it's really cool. I like the helmets with just the numbers. I think is awesome. Yeah. Um. I I I, I mean, Admirals is kind of lame. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't have any suggestions for anything cool. It's just lame. Admirals as I don't know. It just uh, whatever. <laughs> I really, honestly, it's like whatever. Well, I mean, this whole game is like whatever. Are you are you looking for anything out of this game? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing our friends at the tailgate. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to go to the Candlewick Diner after for post game. That'll be fun. Um, I think we said we're going to walk around the stadium quite a bit and check out things during the game. That that could be fun. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be at the game uh, for for reasons really uh, not related to football. I mean, just to hang out. We have the tickets. Um, we have the but but also I mean, without going to any games last year, this was it was. Yeah. We knew it was going to be like this, too. I think we even predicted, like, even if the season's terrible, it's going to be so nice just to see all these people and meet them and, and talk to them. And, and it's been that, actually. Hey, um, this has been actually a very, you know, rewarding year for going to games. I mean, we got to hang out with, you know, the crew from uh, from Talking Giants, you know, Justin and, and Bobby. We've hung out with them a few times. And the Irreplaceable uh, Snacks. Who's always Atina, a hot... we, we, we've yeah. met Sal a couple times, too. Yeah, I mean, we got to meet, make a bunch of new friends, and now we have, hopefully for years to come, we have a, uh, you know, tailgating buddies and people to get hyped with before a game. That's a new element we haven't had for, for giant football, for me and you at least. Well, that and uh, and a reason to be hyped. And a reason to be hyped, yeah. I mean, if Snacks doesn't get you hyped before a game, I mean, True. there's really, I don't know if you have a pulse anymore. So, uh, But for the game itself, uh, nothing other than I hate Washington. I just would like to beat them. That's it. That's the only reason why it's I'm rooting for my laundry to beat their laundry. And, and, and honestly, you know, we, we are so far down the road right now of irrelevance for, you know, even who's playing. I, I guess the most important thing for me is, one, nobody gets a serious injury that knocks mm -hmm. them out through – you know, OTAs through training camp and God forbid even beginning of next year. Just get right. basically what we saw with Shepard and Pear. Exactly. Like we don't want anything like that. That's the most important thing. Cause I mean, this really feels, this is worse than the last preseason game because the last preseason game, it's like, all right, well, next week starts the season and away we go. This is, you know, well, whatever, dude. I mean, yeah. Now, next, I mean, uh, technically speaking, next week starts the season and away we go. I mean, we we are yeah. pretty sure we've got to get a new GM. I at mean, at the very least, a new GM and a new offensive coordinator. This is a very sad thing that we always kind of too often have this discussion for. But do you want to lose to help the draft pick? Does this game fall I, I, into that? Look, look we, we already discussed uh, you know, punting versus tanking. I don't think you need to game plan to lose this game. But what I'm actually looking at for this game versus last game, you know, we already discussed that we're looking for individual growth things. Like Andrew Thomas taking care of Robert Quinn against the Bears. That was what I wanted to see last week. Excellent, excellent performance from him. You know, uh, things, things like that. Like Xavier that McKinney breaking on a ball highlight? in that game. Is that the highlight of the season, Grump? Is that validating that Andrew Thomas is our left tackle of the future? It should be. I mean, that is that is no. I mean, that sounds like a joke because it kind of is, but that's no small thing to be sure hey, of. For something where the biggest need by far on this mm. roster is offensive line, we know the anchor of that offensive line is here and is going to be here for a very long time. Yeah. Um. But one thing I do want to look at for this game in particular, as opposed to last game. Don't go out there and try and, and – and what it felt like last game was they were going to go out there and try and have two scripted drives to throw the ball a whole bunch and try and score points and then just try and run out the game and see if they could win that way. I don't want you to try and win that way. Just, just go with it knowing that Jake Fromm is your quarterback and game plan to have – an offensive game plan to just do a thing. Just run the ball. You're not going to get a whole lot of Jake Fromm. I don't want you to go out there and 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 game plan to be like, well, if we can get him, you know, off to a rhythm in the beginning. Jake Fromm is not going to throw the ball. You know he's not part of your offense. You're not trying to look at anything from Jake Fromm. So setting setting themselves up for embarrassment where you're going to get a, a a sack fumble on the first play and put your defense in a situation where you can't evaluate them either. Just go out there and get your offense to run. 30 running plays off of one formation and 10 pass plays and just and 
pass the ball no more than 12 times in this game and make those pass plays count. Don't make them stupid screen plays to, yeah. to mitigate your third down. Just just time your third down, time your throws to be where they can be effective and utilize make, Jake Fromm. Make each play try to be successful. Don't worry about, well, this gives us the best chance to win or, you know, the best chance for a mismatch. Make each play, give each play a chance to succeed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make it, it, it's very simple as that. Uh, you almost have to game plan a game like this. Remember that game in, in uh, I think it was in Buffalo, that New England-Buffalo game yeah, where the 40-mile-an-hour yeah, exactly. wins? Just it's like, like think of Jake Fromm right now as a 40-mile-an-hour wind in your face. Yeah, he's the hand. And neither – you can't throw in either situation. So how do you game plan around that? And we yeah. saw what Look, New England got, did in that You've game. got Devontae Booker and you've got Saquon Barkley back there. Those guys should be your offense. And that doesn't mean that Kenny Galladay has to run off the field. He should be on the field just about every play anyway. He can block. I mean, and then that way you can run your pass plays off of it. This this substitution of whole offensive in-between plays that we've done all year with Jason Garrett and without Jason Look, Garrett. Look, in this I mean, league— That's not helping this, anything. In this league, you don't win by tricking guys. Yes, and that's the other and, thing. And, and all, is, run, okay, got, yeah, got. all that shit is, all you're doing is you're trying to, if you think you're going to win by confusing and, and tricking the opposition every single down by doing things like mass substitutions and all that, you're never, it's not going to work. You have to beat them, physically beat them. And so enough of that nonsense. Just line up and play. Yeah. and, and Especially and, with a third string quarterback and a busted up line and all the other things going on. And I'm glad to see that the trick plays have been gone. And, and I know Wildcat, to me, does not count as a trick play, especially with the quarterback situation. It may be the best situation to do is do some Wildcat. Yeah. Um, do you want to do a score prediction? Nope. Okay. Yeah, me either. <laughs> do, you, do you want to do a win-loss prediction? Um, we're going to lose. You need to do pen and pencil? Uh, I will put this in magic marker. We will lose. Same. Yeah. I, I, I don't. You know, uh, this team, I'm going to give this team a little bit of credit for actually trying the last couple of weeks. They have not mailed it in. As, you know, the scores might indicate you think they did. They they haven't. They've just been playing to the ability level that's on the field right now, unfortunately, at key positions. And it is what it is. And uh, right now we have – it all boils down to one thing. Jake Fromm is our quarterback. Yeah. Tough to overcome that. Um, I one, th- one thing I want to throw at you really quick, Goran, but this little kind of anomaly that's can that could potentially happen uh, Sunday night. Did you see that if Jacksonville wins, that if in that case Vegas and the Chargers, if they tie, they're in the playoffs. Who is Jacksonville? No, if Jacksonville wins on Sunday and they and beat Vegas whoever they're in LH it's tied. If they if they tie, they get in. So theoretically Who's they? Who gets in? Both teams in that game Sunday oh. night. So if they tied each other, they both get in. Setting up a theoretical where they can both literally kneel every play to get to the tie. And they're both in the playoffs anyway. Well what time is is that game? That's the Sunday night game. Oh, and Jacksonville's earlier, so they would know that Jacksonville won. Right. I can't imagine that happening. <laughs> I, that, that's what I said. I had a pretty long argument with somebody who's kind of convinced that that's what would happen. They're like, why would they risk it? And I'm like, why would you trust the other team not to, on the last play of the game, run a play and yeah. beat, and you're out? I mean – <laughs> I just thought it was, it's, it's, a, it's a really quirky thing. And also, what kind of a firestorm would the league have if they actually did that, where each play they just they literally kneeled every play? And it's not the same as just – Yo, that would be I, – I have to say that would be probably my favorite Sunday night football. Because just imagining Chris – That's what, like, that's what the argument I was like, having with. He was like, that would be the greatest thing ever. I'm like – Well, I mean it, I, I would just love it because it would be like such a shot to – the 
I hate you know we we already discussed this, but the Monday night game, the Sunday night game, and how it's for the bigger audience and it's got to be larger than life, and it's mm-hmm. it's frustrating because it actually interrupts the game. I mean, they pull away from coverage of the actual game to give you dumb, stupid things, and they're talking over the game to tell you dumb, stupid things. So I would I would love it just for that because I can't stand that format, even though I understand it. I I I get why they do it, and the money is important, and I. Rest- I appreciate the money that it brings in, but I, right. I just I think it would be great to get a bunch of, you know, casual housewives that are walking into the room like, what's going on? You know, just causing absolute chaos. It would be hilarious. It, it, would, it, it would never happen. It would not happen. It would never happen because just the pure simple thing is I don't trust the other team. And no, even if we had right. a, especially if they're in the same division. Right. Even if you had a, a verbal handshake, like, listen, we're not going to do this. We're, you know, we're just going to, right, right. These coaches all hate each other. They all, you know, these teams hate each other. How would you like to say, maybe you don't want to face this team down the road. You know, maybe you, you don't want, there's somebody, there's a, you know, there's a ma- matchup problem you have with Vegas and you don't want to face them in the playoffs. So I, I can't see it possibly happening. I think, would, I think both teams literally play- never happen. Oh, yeah. Right. Now they uh, may, you might see very vanilla play. Like they're just kind of, you know, they're it's not, not going like, play for a tie. That's not right. going to happen. It's right. not Because if they lose, they're out. Yeah, don't forget. That, that they're not going to be vanilla anything in that game. Right. So, agreed. All right, guys, we will see you probably. We may see you even Monday morning. We don't know what's going to happen immediately following the game Sunday. <laughs> so there might be. I'm I'm being serious. I mean, we may have news that people are fired right away. It, it's you know these stories they leak. You know, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll see you for sure very, very early soon. next week, either Monday morning. Monday afternoon for maybe even an emergency one that comes Monday afternoon. I well, don't know. Well, first of all, we'll see you guys. What's our the Sunday? The, the parking lot. Where are we at? What's L sixteen? L sixteen. First of all, we'll see you guys early Sunday morning in L sixteen with all your favorite podcast hosts for one last time, and then uh, we may record Sunday night. You never know. Yeah. See how it goes. But no matter when we record, you will always find these episodes on YouTube where you can see them. But you can also just listen to them on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and uh, I already said iTunes. Um, Say it again. Did I say Spotify? I don't know. Spotify, YouTube, on YouTube and Spotify, and Spotify and iTunes and iTunes, Spotify and YouTube. It's on iTunes as well. Yeah. and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump and him at the cranky fan and the show at just giants pod. We will see you Sunday. Go Giants. Go Giants.